you are listening to Beyond the Walls podcast with writer and speaker Ben James. Right, welcome back to Beyond the Walls podcast. My name's Ben James. I'm your host. And I am sitting here looking at my co-host for the evening. He's back in studio with hey. me, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Baldwin. Good afternoon. Evening. Something. Whatever. Wherever, wherever we are. We are uh, <laughs> and, and here's the sad part, because Mike Gullihue, our fact checker, Model 2000, is not mm-hmm. feeling well right now. So he's not here to fact check us this evening, whether it be morning, afternoon, evening. We could go completely and totally off the rails. That's exactly right. We and, have and no have, way to know. And have no way to know it. <laughs> so, Mike, we miss you, buddy. Hope you get to Absolutely. feeling better soon. Get over that old stuff, Michael. Part two, Ark of the Covenant. We took, well, I took a singular look at it in our last episode. Um, one of the things that I'm realizing is we may have... <laughs> Maybe pun intended here. We may have opened Pandora's box with uh, with this Ark of the Covenant. I took a biblical, more biblical look at it in the first episode. Basically, just laid a bit of a foundational, you know, background as far as the biblical text is concerned. Then. Throughout, I think four, maybe five, according to how you looked at it, theories as to the location of it from a biblical standpoint. With the game plan of coming back in here, recording with with you and taking more of a pop culture look at it, and the more that we've kind of researched this and kind of talked about it, I think the more we're realizing that uh, that this is probably not going to be wrapped up in this episode. No, there's about 100 paths we could go down, and I think... We, as discussing earlier, we may have limited it to three or four or five, but I mean, we could just on those three or four or five have three or four or five shows. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a broad topic. It's a <clears throat> it's a topic that's been explored with so much depth for so many years. And, and I think when you're talking about something that historically has been connected with enormous amounts of power. I think that there is validity in trying to have a you know a, a broad walk, a broad spectrum when you're trying to figure out which way does this path start to lead us, and there's just so many ways that that path yeah. begins to branch yeah, off. Yeah, no doubt. And and I'll say this: this is part two of this. If you have not caught the first episode. Go ahead, pause this, stop this, <laughs> yeah. go back, get the first one, because we really, no matter how far we may stray this evening, biblically, you know, from sure. the biblical source, it's still important for them, you know, for you guys to understand where it's coming from and the main context, sure. the main historical context, but everything is basically in the Bible. Yeah, you know, there's a few right. references, extra biblical extra biblical, but the majority of it is from the Bible. So just go ahead and if you've not listened to that take a moment, you know, take an hour because sure. it's an hour exactly and catch <laughs> yourself up. And I don't, I don't know if this is even necessary, but almost, you know, we are a biblically based show sure. beyond the walls. And sometimes we will probably find ourselves getting into something like this that is biblically based, mm-hmm. but we kind of have to follow through with this. And I guess it's, you know, Dan Carlin calls it being addicted to context. There you go. And I'm nowhere near Dan Carlin on any level. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, is I find it difficult to just look at things from one angle and then not give the context 
of other angles and other theories and, and other perspectives on it. So this is not going to be a heavily biblically based episode or episodes as we're looking at, at the at there probably being a couple more. So my apologies if you're t- <laughs> tuning in wanting something that's really strongly biblically based at this point. Uh, it's just not going to happen at this time. No, and I think the merit behind that is that the starting point of all of this is the biblical perspective. I, th- yeah. I think I think that every pop cultural reference we have looked at is based off of the biblical information, and they run with that. So that's why for listeners who are just now tuning in, if you haven't listened to the first portion, it would be very important to go back and get the things that Ben lays out in the first episode because all of the places that we're going from here on are from that biblical starting point um, of the measurements and laying out the foundations for why this piece has... I was fascinated with the, you know, and I'm sure that I've heard the the stuff previously from the many days of sitting in the church pews and, and hearing people preach on the subject, but about having to cover up their pertinent parts. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get you to know, that here in that, a little bit, too. That's something yeah. like, I think maybe as a child, when you hear these stories, it goes over your head, and you don't make the connection of, when do we do that, you know, as mm-hmm. radiologists, and, yeah. and, you know, those kind of things are, that's what leads people to speculate on our, I mean, it's a broad speculation for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But now where we are in these centuries later, where it goes from those few little context clues that the Bible lays out, I, I think they're, it's so valid that we have to have a starting point, but we also have to veer rapidly. It's it, it's like where Perry Mason and Columbo would veer from the clues and they would make the assumption of, okay, well, you know, the, you know if it leads me down this path, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, going, going all Columbo where in real right law, there. you're not going to actually be able to do it, but in Perry Mason and Columbo law, it made total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in Hollywood law, why not? Sure. And that's know. what we're going to get in today is like, I think some of these arguments are so compelling mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, well, if I just take four jumps from the crux of the story, I could totally be yeah. where you all want me they to be. They may be absolutely ridiculous, no, yeah, totally. but just totally compelling at the same time. <laughs> it, it's one of those, it's the uh, it's the train wreck situation. Absolutely. Because I think everybody wants that, that, that great story. Mm-hmm. And gosh, what would be better than having the Ark of the Covenant just randomly show? I mean, it, I think even for people who want there to be no religion, it would be such an intriguing, an intriguing thing. To be able to go, oh, wow, that's a major context clue that you guys have just brought to the forefront. And and it would be so nice if there was an X on that map, like we referenced on so many of other occasions with Solomon <laughs> stuff. I mean, yeah. that that if somebody could actually place that X, how, how much validation would all of us as believers get? And how much validation would non-believers be able to go, oh, well, there is something to that. Because... I mean, I think for some of the non-believers that I've spoken with, it's the conjecture of, oh, well, yeah, all this stuff is mentioned, but it's not around. It's, yeah. you know, where's the ark? Mm-hmm. Where's the where's the ark of the God? Where's the grail? Where's the cross? Where's Jesus's supposed tomb? Where's you Well, know? whenever we get to Ron Wyatt yeah, in some yeah, of these absolutely. series, he's answered all of oh, those. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So, yeah, it's just a, just a little bit of a... <laughs> 
just a little bit of a futuristic teaser there. As sure, far as, absolutely. I Some hope, people. I hope, are, he, I hope he makes this episode. He may not. <laughs> it may be in the next episode. But. Some people are willing to take some drastic leaps off that pier. Is what you're right, saying? Right. Yeah, I think a leap, drastic leap, would be a good way to to classify that. But it, what I want to do at the very beginning here is I kind of want to take. You know, we looked in the first episode at the theories of locations or the theory theories of the ultimate destinations of what happened to it. Uh, you know, did the Babylonians uh, take it when they captured, you know, Jerusalem in 586? And and we'll, we'll have a theories portion of this, maybe even our own theories episode at some point to wrap this series up. But I, I think we need to take a look a little bit into the purpose because as being, you know, two people who have basically been in church our whole life, one of the things that we'll both readily admit, and, and I am a minister, I cannot tell you the last time I even made reference to the Ark of the Covenant in a lesson, a message. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not like it's something that your average Sunday congregation sure. or your average Sunday minister is going to be, well, let's do this sermon on yeah, the You Ark hate of to the call covenant. something impertinent when it's the... Howls in place of God. of God, right? However, I mean, contextually for where we are in this century, I mean, like you said, proclaiming the gospel is kind of the, you know, the be all end all for where we are on a daily basis. Not this, man. You hate to. I don't know how to put it other than you know this this wild fascination of. What is it? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. like an, it's a, it's almost such a fascinating unanswered question that it could consume you. Whereas maybe that's not where we, you know, as, well, as and, Christians, we shouldn't be yeah. looking there anyway. Right, and I think the fact that it just kind of falls off the map. Yeah, it, it, there, there's a lot of things in the Christian faith that we can't just put a nice little tidy bow sure. around and go here, there it is. It's all packaged and right. pretty. But I mean, there are so very few things that just fall off the map and just go, that's ah, done. Especially that was the basis for your religion. The most powerful thing I mean, like ever. You, you're, I mean, there were, there were more rules wrapped around. I mean, there were a lot of rules wrapped around being a Jewish person, but there were way more rules wrapped around the the handling of the Ark of the Covenant than, than, than like even how they ate and washed and, <laughs> yeah. and take took care of themselves on a daily basis. And, I mean, for people, for lay people who would have never even had contact with it, they would have known yeah. all those rules. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I mean, just to, like you said, the fall off the earth is a great, is a great, I actually read one of the things that there was a theory that God empowered the earth to swallow up the ark. When the Babylonians invaded was that the, the earth opened up and swallowed it, and it's waiting yeah. there in Judea somewhere. Yeah. To yeah, be one day discovered in the catacombs. Yeah, fascinating <laughs> theories. It's amazing what thousands of years of imagination sure. and uh, e- exploration, sure. uh, just the exploration bug will do for you. But I want to kind of take a few moments and just go over some of the theories, not of location or destination or what ultimately happened to it, but what the purpose of it was. Okay. Because, I mean, there's a biblical purpose, and we kind of went over that a little bit last you know last episode and and we may dive back into that but that's not going to be one of them that we springboard off of um but the first purpose that is theorized out there is that you know the ark of the covenant is a communication device Mm -hmm. and here's how that kind of went uh some firmly believe that the ark of the covenant was a device for communicating not to one another 
not to God, but to people's unknown aliens, basically. <laughs> um, you know, although to the Israelites on their exodus, that it was firmly and one hundred percent purpose to communicate with God, no question about it. Um, and you know, this is a speculative theory at mm-hmm. best at best, but I thought that it was one of those that was just going to be fun to talk about, that the ARC was a communication device. And I can't think of the guy's name. I love it, but uh, the wild hair guy on history. Yeah, the one who always says aliens. I love that guy. (laughs) And and he's a well-educated man, but there's sometimes you just sit back and you go, really? (laughs) Really? Did he just say that? Did he just say that? Really? Yes. But that that that's kind of who I picture um, sitting there. But you know, in in ancient writings, in ancient texts, even the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Bible. There would be times that God's presence in the Old Testament would show up in in a haze or a cloud mm-hmm. or a fog. But even in some other ancient texts, they would say that in between the two cherubim, which sat on top of the ark that there would be this kind of figure or something that would show up in between. So here's here's what pops into my head. We're coming close to the month of December. Okay. Which means that Star Wars <laughs> episode 8. Yeah, nice. Is coming. Yes it is. It's coming. You know when they have that communication of the hologram mm-hmm. with the emperor and sure. Darth Vader and yeah that's what i picture because that's what th- th- there's electrical current that right. is believed to be a part of it. and we'll get to the electrical part here in just a minute but there are some that believe that there are actual holograms that would appear in between the cherubim mm-hmm. on top of the ark of the covenant and some people believe that it was a hologram image of God. Some people don't believe that it was God that showed up there. That it was just some form that started to give instructions. Yeah. I think that was what I kept coming back to, no matter where it kind of went within that communication device, was that it was a direction giver. Like, does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I kept, that when I kept reading things... Kind of like the emperor... Yes. Talking to dark. Here's it, it, what you exactly. Do. It was a, it was something that the people who knew how to handle it and wore that protective gear that we talked about, mm-hmm. they would interact with it and like paths would be changed. Actions for the next day would become clearer. Um, maybe an entire week or an entire month or an entire year would be planned out off of the directions. Hand, handed down from the communications device. And, like, that's that's kind of an odd thing. I mean, if, you, you know, if you're just saying the box is an inanimate object, but now if you start to give it principles, I mean, and for us today, I don't think it's that hard to grasp when we FaceTime with people. True, we, true. We video chat. My wife and I, we, we're taking classes and we have this program called Go to Meeting. Yeah. Where we're, oh, meeting. it's awesome. Where yeah. we were, Go to Meeting, sponsor us, please. Yeah, there okay. you go. Uh, but we have, you know, our professor's screen is, you know, virtually active in front of us at all times and she is interacting with the screen and we're watching her interact and we're watching her talk to us and 
I don't think it's that far out of our realm to understand. Now, trying to put it 1,450 years ago, yeah, or oh, and, longer than that, I'm sorry, yeah. you know, B.C. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and people who really subscribe to this theory, that's their premise. Sure. At that time, people were not familiar with this type of technology sure. that, that we're becoming familiar with. Yeah. So there's no other conclusion that they could deduce in their mind other than, well, this is God. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, that would be the answer. And I think that that's why um, people who interact with the Egyptians now, your gentleman that you referenced from yeah. the History Channel. I've got to look. We don't have the fact check. Yeah, I'm going to look no, that no, up yeah. later. But, I mean, you know, for them, the answer cannot be man because man can't do those things by man alone. So, therefore, the answer is either they had, uh, you know, heavenly help or they had alien help. And, and I just think that as people, when we can't explain things, that's our natural inclination is to is to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, go ahead. I can't say it. I oh, it's, it. it's that yeah. good. Uh, the first Asher Benipal. Yeah, Asher <laughs> Benipal. As a matter of fact, just to give you a little bit of just to give you a little bit of insight into our relationship, you know, and our <laughs> friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. uh, the pastor of our church was referencing the Assyrians mm-hmm. and some of the things that they did and how cruel that they were. And, uh, <laughs> and there Ben was, and I were like, there, yeah, we were texting in church. So moment of confession <laughs> here, we were we were texting in church, but I sent a text of Asher Banapal. And yeah. he's like, dude, that's the exact that's thing exactly that I was what I was saying. Right I was actually elbowing my mom and I, or, yeah. or my dad, and I, he was like, what? And I was like, this is what Ben and I talked about. And he was like, just be quiet. <laughs> Giorgio Sukalos. Sukalos, yeah. I, I will say that, that that's, that's probably I think horribly he, inaccurate. He probably doesn't care. Yeah. No, yeah. he he has an alien name that we don't even know about. You can't have hair like that and no. care about much. No. he. And, and, I mean, that's coming from a guy who <laughs> yeah. has very little hair. So there is a lot of jealousy coming through in that statement right there. His, his hair... Uh, his hair is one though that uh, pretty pretty powerful uh, directional piece <laughs> it all in its own right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll we'll Sorry. get we'll yes. get the train somewhat back on the track. I got a feeling it may go off the rails quite a hey, few times but this I mean, evening. Like, that's what it's got to be about though. So yeah, it, I uh, think the, I think the theories kind of go off the track oh, yeah. at times. Yeah. So another theory, another purpose that is out there that it was an actual electrical capacitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's kind of what's written by that. When modern scientists and electrical engineers study the dimensions and the materials of the arc as dictated in the Bible, most agree that in reality it resembles very much some type of electrical capacitor. The arc was made from wood. And I know zero about electricity, by yep. the way. I know... Uh, if don't, I, yeah, don't Don't do put your that. finger in a don't light side that. of that. If I replace a light switch in my home, I'm the guy that instead of finding the individual breaker that's going to turn that off, I kill the, the whole house. Yeah, you know, yep. it's, it's just you can't be too careful. Ben, I once kicked the entire house and still got electrocuted. There you go. That's how good I am with electricity. I, I can't top that one. <laughs> uh, but the ark was made from wood and then completely covered in gold inside and out. Uh, basically, the wood could have essentially acted as an insulator between the positive charge, you know, the outer plating, sure. uh, and the negative charge or the inner plating. The cherubims were placed on top of the lid of the ark. It itself also plated in gold on both sides. The positive cherub would be attached to the outer plating right. while under the negative cherub would be another layer of wood to act as an insulator mm-hmm. uh, with a rod connecting the negative cherubim to the inner plating. 
If this were true, it would perhaps explain why there are so many stories of people dying when coming into contact with the ark. I have to insert the biblical thing here. Let's let's totally ignore the fact that God said, "Don't touch it." Yes, and you know so. <laughs> but that could have been why, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're God and you're laying out the hows and whys of what you're building, and you know that it's going to carry a massive electrical charge strong enough to stop a human heart. Obviously, don't touch it unless you're prepared to touch it. Mm-hmm. I, I find it fascinating because, like, I see the electrical circuit closing with the lid being placed on, mm-hmm. like this perfectly harmless object with the lid off. And man, that lid coming, and maybe it's because Raiders of the Lost Ark plays in my head and all those people's faces being melted and yeah. stuff, you know, when they open it. But man, which you was know, the creepiest scene? Yeah, ever when you're when a, kid I was a kid, and oh you know, Indiana's got the girl tackled. He's like, "Don't look!" Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, I wanted to look. My, my, was pretty, my <laughs> face was going yeah, down. Yeah, it know. just wasn't happening. So you know, as as I'm as I'm picturing this, as I just read that, mm-hmm. you know, the positive cherubim and the negative, I, I see a car battery. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's, I, that's exactly what, what it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go on here because this is a little bit of a biblical reference, and, and I would like for us to discuss this okay. um, a little bit. Uh, if this were true, you know, about the negative cherubim to the interplating and everything being mm-hmm. electricized, uh, I don't even know if that's, that's a word. That's probably not a word, but it, it sounded great. I like it. Electricized. Electricized. <laughs> we're going to go... Uh, Jazzer. Yeah, well, I was going to go, I was going to look a little cooler than oh, Jazzer side. I sorry. was going to go breaking and breaking two electric boogaloo oh, yeah. movies there you from go. the 80s. There you so. go. That is, that is fantastic. That is a great reference. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that one out of, but uh, <laughs> but basically, if this is true, it would perhaps explain why there are so many stories of people dying when coming in contact with the ark, as we've stated sure. before. For example, the story of Moses' brother, Aaron, whose two sons were burned from the inside when a lightning bolt shot from the ark and into their nose. I, I, don't, I don't remember the detail of being into their nose, but hey, we'll go with it. Maybe that would be explained by the fact that the ark was electrically charged and volatile. Wow. Uh, now, they're, they're referencing Nadab and Abihu right? out of Leviticus chapter 10 sure. is where this is coming from. I'm going with you on that. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I believe, you know, if you want to fact check me on that, I believe it's okay. Leviticus 10. One, I'm going right now. Um, it's giving instructions on sacrifices and the way that things are supposed to be made. But this is also the passage of Scripture where it says that Nadab and Abihu were, were struck dead basically because they offered strange fire. They sacrificed with oh. strange fire. I have the NIV version. It says, and they offered unauthorized fire yes. before the Lord, contrary to his command. Yes. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will be proved holy in the sight of all people, and I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna, I should be silent then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Not long. <laughs> I just coughed up a lung, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry so, about that. So, really, I mean, we don't know. There, it could be the electrical charge that caused sure. this. It could be. But the reason that they were executed, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Sure. I mean, was that they, God was so specific in the way that he said, build it like this. Yes. Um, 
make it out of this, give you all the details of everything. And here's how you approach it. Here's how it's handled. Here's how you take care of it. Mm-hmm. Here's where it's to be placed. Here's how you make offerings. And here's it. how you make <laughs> offerings to it. And then all of a sudden you have two high high priests in training. I mean, it's not like two laymen who just didn't know any better. These right. were Aaron's sons. Yeah. Aaron was the priest right. for the nation of Israel at the time, so they knew better. Yeah. And they did it anyhow. I mean, I, we don't say that judgmentally because there's so many times that we know better, Oh yeah, but we do it anyhow. I have another article here. Go for it. In, in an article written by Doug Yerche, Y-U-R-C-H-E-Y, Entitled High Technology in the Bible, Yerche states, In Exodus, Moses was given instructions on building the Ark of the Covenant. And this is where I was really intrigued. The inventive genius Nikolai Tesla wrote in the wall of light that Moses had to have been a skilled electrical engineer. The Ark, Tesla concluded, was a very powerful condenser. It created intense vibrations that could smash solid stone. The Israelites carted the device into battle and won wars with it, not unlike the vibration weapons used in the film Dune. So we're not only talking about like biblical references to electricity, but like the the mind, the electrical engineer of the night of the late nineteenth century, and what led to all of us maybe of all time. Yeah, yeah, just I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah, I mean, he it, created alternating all current. Just, yeah. I mean, you know, it's Tesla. Yeah. Not only is it a great band, but it's also a great car. <laughs> okay, let's, Sorry. let's just say the man is a little bit further elevated than the band. Okay. At least. Well, you know, that's your opinion. That okay. All right. <laughs> so that that's that's going to segue us well into the next yeah. purpose, which is that it's a weapon. Okay. That, so let's go on that. Then yeah, that's what it was created for, was to be a weapon, pure and pure and simple. Um, you know, as we've already mentioned, there's a lot of deaths. That's attributed to the ark. Uh, for example, only those with the correct breastplate mm-hmm. and gown could approach it safely. Uh, from a modern perspective, the plate and gown may have been protective clothing from radiation. That's interesting. Yeah. Again, X-rays. Sure. Stuff that you see. Um, you know the the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Fat Man and Little Boy, the the movie about. The no, I've never seen it. I've heard. I've heard. Uh, so I've heard about the movie. The, the the book, of course, as as typically is the book is way better. Know, yeah, with Oppenheimer's notes and journals yes. and stuff like that. But just uh, the movie gives you a little bit of a visual of just what the radiation. Sure, do. and you know, so many of those people were, you know, they thought they were covered. I always like the old scenario where they had the the scanners that would scan the people yeah. for the gamma rays yep. that were there. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, you're well within range. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that parts per million count. We ain't worried about no, that. Sounds anymore. great. Yeah. So now it's claimed in writings that such areas as the head, lungs, and the genitals, the places that we dare not speak of, sure, all had to be covered when approaching the ark. The places where they put that big lead thing when you go to the dentist to have x-rays taken. Yep. The places that are sensitive to radiation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean... <laughs> If you're God and your chosen people have been exiled to the desert for 40 years, you know they're getting ready to come out of that. And they're getting ready to take on some major power players in the region. 
Maybe you give them a weapon. Maybe. Pretty powerful weapon that nobody knows anything about other than your people. Yeah. And they may not know. No, they really don't know. They don't even know what's going on, really. They just follow your directions. If they follow your directions, maybe that's God in a nutshell, Ben. Maybe we just wrap this whole podcast up right there. (laughs) (laughs) That if you just trust God and just leave. Just just trust God. Do what he... Now, here's where I'm going to go with this, because this is the standardized answer that we give when we don't understand something. Yes. Uh, It's a pet peeve of mine, Uh but I'm going to give it anyhow. Okay. Uh, God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There you go. We want... I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail. <laughs> so thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I am showing a great deal of restraint right now at this point. But we can look at instances uh, such as like the walls of Jericho yeah. as as examples of the power that this had. Now, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, undubitably, you know, all of those <laughs> words that are hard to pronounce because of the consonants in them, but undoubtedly, the presence of God was the main contributing factor to the power that this ark had. Mm -hmm. But we don't really know any of the details outside of that. Could it have been a radioactive weapon? Sure it could have. Mm -hmm. Could it have been, you know, something that uh, with an electrical current that shot out Flames, you know the force powers again. We're, we're, I'm spending a lot of times and a lot of time in Star Wars tonight, but you know, hey, that's okay. It it could have been all of those things, but you know, on the seventh day, you know, they they were commanded to march around the wall seven times, seven days, mm-hmm. and on that seventh day, the ark led the the procession, and you know, then they got to the place, and then the trumpet sounded, and mm-hmm. again. One of the theories as to how the walls came down was what you talked about a little bit before in regards to that article, which mentioned Tesla, sure. is omitting the sound waves mm-hmm. that could crush stone. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because the biblical record of the walls of Jericho was that when it was done, mm-hmm. when it was completed, the walls were in such utter ruin that not one stone laid upon the other. Yeah. I, it says right here in that same article, it's, it says the actual side of Jericho was found. The stone walls were over 10 feet thick. How did they come down? Yeah. There's not really anything in that day or time that was used for forced entry through 10 foot thick stone walls. Mm-hmm. And yet they crash down upon themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we're we oh, have, and it says oh yeah there there was a numerous there are numerous references throughout historical writings to a great shout yeah so a massive noise followed with reverberations that nobody's aware of at this point in time they don't know sound waves they don't know that kind of stuff but. Well, and, and to give you all a little bit of a mental image, I'm, I'm tapping deep deep into the inner geek here. Sure. This evening. Not completely. I've not gotten on a Lord of the Rings tangent yet, but it could, it could happen. That's always around the corner. When you go into the 2008 the Incredible Hulk movie. Okay. Uh, there you Edward go. That's Norton, a good reference. Edward Norton, Liv Tyler. Uh-huh. Not a bad movie. No. Not a bad movie. Um, in the field on the college campus, uh-huh. you know, the general comes yes. after him, and one of the things he comes running, he, they use the sound wave technology. Right. To to try to hold him back. That's that's kind of what we're talking about here. Well, I think of I think of MythBusters. Okay. 
again, inner geek. Yeah. Jamie and Adam are um, who I'd like to be when I grow or up one your, day. They're your heroes, right? I do. I mean, I, I, I'm fascinated. Maybe by we should start doing shows like that. Yeah, but then I'd have to be smart, and I don't have that. No, 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 no. Oh. no. Wait a minute. Just we could we could be MythBusters, the Redneck edition. <laughs> we could see how many times duct tape could be used. Exactly. There you I, mean, go. I like no, that. Would no be engineering, fantastic. no science. Like, hey, y'all, watch this, and that's it. <laughs> exactly. That's it. I, we stick our fingers in light exactly. sockets and pennies. <laughs> yeah, it's great. No. Okay. I I, I'm I sorry. I, I uh, do. Our insurance, our insurance, I don't think would cover us after we put, you know, publicizing our podcast at least 15 minutes. Could save <laughs> but they, uh, they tested um, the, the ability of rhythm, the ability of sound, the ability of things to cause destruction. And one of their reference points was the bridge in wherever Pennsylvania, somewhere, the bridge that the tension had yes. been placed wrong yes. and it swayed. It was like, it looked like paper blowing yeah. in the wind. Okay. And they talked about how that these suspension bridges were built to withstand numerous different movements at one mm-hmm. time. And that the problem with this bridge is that there was a timing mechanism that if it timed up perfectly, it basically you know, it made this thing become an alive. It was like right. it was like the Stay Puff Marshmallow yeah. Bridge, yeah. and and, and or they, one of those um, wind socks that you see. Yes, in front of like, the things that fly, like you know, music, yes. you know, and pawn shops, and yeah, right, the advertisement pieces, yeah. the things that the flap in the breeze. I think we should get one for church. I'm we should. That would be so awesome. Yeah, Scott Ford, if you're listening, make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> the first church flappy guy. <laughs> I like that. But they, what they tested was they got a bunch of wind-up army men and they wound them up to where they were all stepping in different rhythms. And they had them all lined up on this bridge and it was just do 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 but all in a sunder. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. And then they timed them all up to where they were all stepping uniformly. And it was fascinating because they made this scale model bridge and all of a sudden all the army men start stepping in the same order and the bridge starts swaying like it's paper mache. And it was all based on the rhythm and the cadence of the steps and the sound. And I'm sitting here as I'm reading, reading these things that Tesla's referencing about the power of this machine, this, this supposed weapon that the Ark of the Covenant is, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this sound. And, and I and I go back to where I think about, well, everything has a breaking point. These stone walls are mortar and and stones stacked upon each other. And you know, if mortar starts to give, then the wall starts to give. And if you could find that exact hit point, you know, if a person can break a glass with their voice tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just or if, the pitch of it. What are those tone things that you hit? Those ding, those little, those little metal things that you hit, and you make the different tones, and you put those up to your ear, and you can hear those tones, and you can feel like the mm-hmm. your ear vibrating, the, the your eardrum. There's no sound until you get it right up close to your ear, and you hear that right. tone. What what if man? Yeah. What if well, they I had? I think this? it's something like a, I just tried to fact check. It might get well quick. Please, man. Yes. We, we're we're struggling here without <laughs> you, but I think it's like. 20 decibels or lower is what it gets that we, we can't, doesn't register. 
sure. with our hearing, but that can actually cause discomfort. Yeah, well, it's like the thing that's going on with Cuba right now with yeah. our with our people that have been down there at the U.S. Embassy that the president has now drawn back mm-hmm. to the State Department. You know, those people were being attacked with sound that was hurting them, and no one could register. You they couldn't. Register, they can't yeah. find a direction. It was just they went back and oh my gosh, I've got a headache. And yeah. My head's killing me. My ears are hurting so bad. They were complaining about their ears bleeding. And it's like, you know, if this technology is, I hate to say it in a fictitious way, but if it can stop the Hulk, yeah, it can knock down a wall. I mean, I, and I know that's reaching into the world of Hollywood and fiction, but, you know, that that stuff's being used now. I mean, they're using it in, in those urban war zones. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've seen... Different documentaries on the Israeli military yeah. where they're using it in, in in the battles that they deal with on a daily basis to overwhelm the people in those urban settings. That way, they don't have to go in yeah. with guns blazing. They yeah, can exactly. use the sound to basically cause paralyze yeah. the people yeah. into well, submission. There's, there's a lot of theories out there that this that sound waves, those those mm-hmm. low level sound waves, are explanations of paranormal. Of supernatural stuff. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So that, that's just an interesting portion of it. Uh, let's let's move on here and we'll because we could sit and talk about that all night, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a fascinating theory as to its purpose that it was a mana machine. Basically, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll kind of lay out the premise here and then just let you you know the article reference. Basically, what they feel like was this: the Ark of the Covenant was a mana machine mm-hmm. in the forty year Exodus mm-hmm. that the Israelites had in the wilderness. It was said that manna from heaven mm-hmm. was what fed them. Uh, six days they would go out and gather. Mm-hmm. Seventh day they didn't gather any. On the sixth day, and you could only gather enough. For one day's supply for your family. Right. It didn't last. Right. right? It would spoil. It, right. Yeah, it would spoil overnight. But on the sixth day, you could go out there and you could gather double the portion of it, basically, to feed your family for two days because it didn't show up on the seventh day. Right. So basically, what they felt that the Ark of the Covenant was, the people who subscribed to this purpose theory, is that the Ark is a man of machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a mental image in my head, and it's just like it's popping out. You know, yeah. popping out manna after manna after manna. And this, there's actually a lot of people who believe that the seventh day of rest mm-hmm. was actually derived from this. Okay. That I can the, see that. That the Ark of the Covenant was producing manna for six days, and on the seventh day it rested, so they should too. Sure. Uh, you know, let's forget the creation story, you know, mm-hmm. that God created for six days. And, and then, then he rested. He rested on the seventh <laughs> day. We'll not factor that in at all. Sure. That's, a, that's a little tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, Israelites, they're going to be familiar with the creation story because mm-hmm. that's part of their history. But that's that's what they're thinking, that this, the Ark of the Covenant was a man machine. And, like, I think the one thing when you and I talked, the one thing I struggled with when I think, when I, I guess, and again, you know, it's that childish viewpoint of things, but when I thought manna, I felt like the the Greek pita, you know, the pita sandwiches or whatever those are, the, like those weird wrap things. 
like little yeah. triangle pieces of those the pita bread, yeah. <laughs> laying all over the place and the Israelites running around scooping those up and you know like but the article that I read and that I talked to you about it, it fascinated me it says some believe the ark held the ancient secrets of alchemy and this is where it flabbergasted me here manna or white powder of gold is thought to be transmuted product of gold and other precious metals consumed by this other group of people, given these ancient people or any others who ingested this uh, manna, this, this substance, eternal life. Now, I don't know if that was like actual eternal life or eternal life through being the chosen people of God and right. getting to go to heaven, or, but uh, I was a little blown away on that one there, friend. You know, this is one of those that you can't rule it out. Right. Honestly, I, you just can't put a stamp on it and go, you know, busted. Yeah, no. I mean, and if and if we we believe, and you and I both do, that God can move mountains, well, why can't God create a machine that gathers supplies from the the surrounding area that the Israelites can't see and rains down a substance that feeds these people. Yeah, and, and maybe it has gold. Yeah, in it. and and you know, and this is just the this is a sad reflection of the simplicity of my mind. Yes, but I see the Ark of the Covenant. If this is the case, uh-huh. manna for me has always been like cotton candy. Oh, there you it, go, like a cotton candy material. Mm-hmm. You why. thought cotton candy? I thought pitas. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I I tend to think that theologically, cotton candy is a little bit more biblically based. I have no scripture to back that up, but it just sounds better to me. Um, but I just, I just see this machine almost in a carnival type setting. The guns that they use at sporting events, the potato gun type things. Oh yeah, yeah, that shoot. That's what I see. Air cannons of cotton candy. Whatever faithful listeners we had, we just lost. Right there. So. Uh, I think I think that's the visual I'm going home with tonight. It's the, it's the Ark of the Covenant being a potato shooter or shooting cotton candy out and the, is, the Israelites running asunder as they try to catch the falling cotton candy. <laughs> oh, man, we need to get that into movie form tomorrow. Oh, how do you how do we recover from that? Anyhow, let's a man of machine. A mana machine. And I think that that's, you know, our interpretation of mana, whatever it be, be cotton candy or pita or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was a machine designed to feed the people for 40 years. Yeah. And I think, it, did you reference in the last episode, I'm pretty sure you did, that, that on that seventh day, not only did they rest, but they maintenanced and cleaned and, and, and they did things to the Ark of the Covenant that allowed it to then produce for the next coming yeah. six days. Yep, yeah, that's, that's the... I, can't, I could yeah. see that. Yeah. I mean, like it's the provider. It's the it's the life. It's the maybe it's it's all in one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's another that, that's another road we could go down. Is that it's all the above. It's E, not yeah. A, B, or C or yeah. D, but it's E. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I I find it fascinating as we sit here and we're talking about purpose. Uh, we're talking about the functions of it, and here um, we'll just we'll, we'll just wrap up this episode on the purpose of the Ark of the Covenant by basically just putting this bow on it. Since we are a fan, apparently, of putting pretty little bows on top of okay. things that way that we can wrap them up. Really, 
I love all of the speculation. I just I don't I don't think that we can go with a whole lot more. And again, not ruling anything out. I no. think we need to be clear on that because it's we we've not done nearly enough research to set and say that uh, we can you know the the mana machine you know the cotton candy from heaven you know <laughs> that's that's not the purpose of this thing. And here's why we we just and again the. The weapon, I mean, sure, as a weapon, I think you have to look at it legitimately sure. as a weapon because that's recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that was its primary purpose or not, right. we don't know. Exactly. Maybe it had that as right. a secondary Right. Uh, an electrical capacitor, we can't rule it out, mm-hmm. especially if the, you know, maybe the greatest electrical engineering mind ever looked at it and goes, hey, that's that's you know, electrical that, current. That's electrical current that's going through yep. that. You've got to, you you have to take that at face value and go, Okay, that that's it's a possibility. Probably a pretty good one. Yeah, too. because I think with Tesla, it's like when you talk about people who are music people, they don't pick out the things you pick out. They pick out way different things, and they're and you're like, I never considered that. Yeah. And it's like Tesla's going to see electric and how people deal with electric way differently than somebody like me who doesn't deal with electric very often. And I think that was a key for me was when Tesla's name was brought up and he referenced it. I thought, oh. That draws some validity yeah. in my mind with yep. with who's talking. Yep, and that's so. I I have to go back to the biblical explanation mm-hmm. to the biblical text, which again are are incomplete. Mm-hmm. They they are just incomplete. Now we have an understanding of exactly how it was built, what it looked like, some of the uses, the way that they transported it, uh, things of that nature, and we know what we know for sure is that the Ark of the Covenant was used to house the presence of God. Sure. That's that's where God, when he visited, mm-hmm. that's where he came. The seat. The mercy seat. The mercy seat. In between the two cherubim where the wings touched mm-hmm. in the center was the mercy seat of God. And that's beyond any of that. You know, beyond that, we really don't know. I think in our lives, to get some context, is like I think about like Christmas toys that we've gotten for our children and how revered those toys were for six days, six weeks, six months. I mean, you're talking about the Israelites kept this thing in pristine it, it it was worshipped. It it was in the tabernacle. It was in the temple. It was it was the height of their civilization for mm-hmm. generations. And so I go back to my con, you know, my, my 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 original point there about the Christmas things. You know, like we, eh, this is great for however long we need to be great for, and then it's just, eh. This was the how many generations respected this thing, right? I mean, so. Maybe it was all of them. Maybe maybe it was just life. I mean, you know, I think that's another thing for me as I kept coming back to is that it seemed like it was always it was always that thing that they needed. In their time of need, where did they go? Yeah. Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Whatever it was. And they sought they sought advice. Yeah. They sought covenant. instruction. Ark of which, the covenant. Which goes to the communication device. Sure. Again, you know, one of the purposes of sure. it is they you know, they sought advice from it and they sought oh, counsel. Yeah. And then there's a couple instances in the Bible where it says that they did not seek the counsel. And of the bad ark. things happened. Yep. Did not I think turn what out was well. the Philistines that they like God gave it to? Yes. That yes. wasn't a good thing for the Philistines because they ended up cutting their God's head and hands off. Yep. But like 
the Israelites and, did something bad. And, and, my, and my favorite part of that first episode that I brought up is they got hemorrhoids. <laughs> oh, yeah. They I got hemorrhoids that. because, yeah, I mean, they had rats. They sent it back. Get this out of here. We don't, we don't, and then when they couldn't get it back completely, it's like, I don't care where it's got to go. Just get it away from yeah, me. Just leave it in the wilderness. Yeah. Let the Israelites find <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that that's, I think for anything to be that revered, there has to be something to it. Yeah. More so than just being, you know, it's so hard for us to understand because we can't put ourselves there. But what do we revere that much? Mm-hmm. What's something, you know, you know what I mean? Like I, I think about like my dad and he, he always has a knife with him or he always has this with him or like he's a diabetic so he keeps his insulin pump with him. And he keeps extra insulin and extra batteries, and it's because he has to. <laughs> what do we keep in our lives that is something that, you know, it's so important to our whole existence? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I think that's what's so fascinating about it for me is that you see all the many ways that they interacted with it and in the beginnings of their tribalism transformation from nomadic wanderers to builders of the great civilization and it's there the whole yeah. time and it's yeah. it's on par with the kings it's on par with the judges it's it is it, yeah and and the thing why are these yahoos talking about this and i think that i felt like and i could be completely wrong i felt like these purposes or the theories of these purposes mm-hmm. was really important because I think we need to understand at least we know the purpose was the presence of God. Mm-hmm. We know that mm-hmm. for certain. All of these, uh, let, let's just go out on a limb here and let's just say that it was a combination of all of these things. Okay. Which is what I believe, by the way. Right. Me too. Okay. I just so, want to make sure we're all yeah. clear on it. So if it's a combination of all of these things, mm-hmm. all these crazy theories... I think the importance of covering this in its own episode was to lay a foundation to say, to give credence to all of these crazy theories as to its location that we're getting ready to talk about. Yes. Why it is still so highly sought after yes. today. I felt like other than, other than its extreme, um, it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> wow. Uh, other than the fact that it's really valuable, <laughs> really yes. valuable, right? Monetarily, sure. Um, historically, mm-hmm. other than that, if you get your hands on something that is e all of the above, mm-hmm. man, that's that's right. That that's why thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, even after all records of it just cease. That's why people are still searching after it today. So that's why we wanted to take this episode, this pointless, rambling, train wreck of a podcast episode that I don't know if you've had fun listening to it, but we surely have had fun recording it. That's why we wanted to do this, was to just give you maybe a little bit more of an understanding as to why this thing is still so crazily sought after Mm -hmm. today. So we'll be back soon with... The theories, we're going to be exploring some of the theories that are more pop culture in nature. 
Uh, we're going to go back. We're going to visit Tannis a little bit, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. We're going to look at some Knights Templar stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at actually some genetic, genetically proven ancestors of some of the tribes of Israel. Uh, we've got a lot of fascinating things, but we're not going to go there right now. So, guys, thank you for joining us. Until the next time, be blessed. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Beyond the Walls podcast with your host, Ben James. If you would like to know more or give feedback, you can email us at beyondthewallspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check back soon for more Beyond the Walls podcasts.